Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Boom, pow, podcast. It's Thursday. Welcome into Locked On Hornets. Hornets talk for the hardcore fan. I'm obviously pumped. We are coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the Batum to my Kimba, David Walker. Oh, I would take that. I'll take that all day. Although, Walker and Walker, that, that, that makes too much sense. Walker, what do you mean? You said, I'm the Batum to your Kimba Walker, right? Right. Oh, I got it. Okay. You got it. That's it. Okay. Okay. Say I'm pumped for the show. I don't know if I'm necessarily all there <laughs> mentally yet, but I am. I have That's the right. I have the heart. I have the energy. The mind hasn't necessarily caught up here early in the morning. Uh, the but, effort was was well played. Right. Uh, big show ahead. The latest news out of practice. Plus, get your speedos on. We're going surfing on the internet. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. NBA fans, make sure to check out Locked On NBA with host David Locke. He's in the middle of his NBA season preview series. Part one went up yesterday. It included our preview of the Charlotte Hornets and uh, David Locke's reaction, which we have coming up. So you want to stick around for that. But you want to listen to the whole episode and all of that series because it's little bite-sized pieces of information that will get you caught up on every single team in the NBA over the next uh, week or so. If you have a question, comment, or you'd like to sponsor the show, help us out. Email us at buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com. Okay, David, let's start with the lead story out of Hornets practice yesterday. A little unexpected, Cody Zeller returns to full contact five-on-five practice. The Hornets center has been dealing with a bone bruise in his right knee, suffered during game three of last year's first-round series against Miami. He came into training camp limited by the bone bruise injury. He was held out of contact early on, but the knee wasn't responding to just the the drills that they had him in that were not contact, so the team uh, sidelined him completely. Zeller opened up about the injury and what's next for him at practice on Wednesday. Uh, Unfortunately, it's a bone bruise. There's not a whole lot they can do about it. Uh, A lot of rest. Um, That's what they've been saying since I heard it in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, it's kind of unpredictable sometimes, so... Uh, today it felt good, so hopefully, hopefully we're past the, the worst of it. If there's ever a good time for this to happen, it's in the preseason when uh, I do have some time. This week is is going to be good, just because we don't play again until Monday. So um, you know, hopefully it'll be good to get some practice time in and try to get my rhythm a little bit. So David, hearing from Cody Zeller there at practice on Wednesday, and he's now he's now looking forward to getting back into to the rhythm uh, and getting back with the team. They have a few more practice days before they play Chicago on Monday. And here's another interesting aspect of all of this. When asked about his rotations, head coach Steve Clifford was noncommittal. 
partly because of Cody Zeller's return. So it ain't over, David, this battle between Cody Zeller and Roy Hibbert for that starting center spot. Uh, that's that's yet to be determined. That's important. We should note that. That is important. I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, though. I mean, if Roy Hibbert had just played you know, out of his mind, then it might be over. But, I mean, I think this is kind of what we expected anyway, especially with Cody not being out there. Um, it was good so they get a good look, look at Roy, you know, to be the featured guy. Um, and then we can see how Cody fits in. I mean, he's right about one thing, obviously, that it happened early. <clears throat> Excuse me, it happened in the preseason. So he does have time to recover. Um, and I don't think we can understate how important his return is to this team, Doug. I mean, that, that's no surprise to anyone. But, I mean, you look at the depth issues already and you look at the bench action as well and if you don't have Cody Zeller or Hibbert to be honest um, then then you immediately get super shallow so obviously he's a key component of the team and let's just hope that we are past the worst of it because if this is a lingering thing it's just going to be one more thing this team's got to get over this season. Cody Zeller played in 73 games last season 60 of those starts so he's uh, very familiar with starting for this Charlotte Hornets team he posted averages of 8.7 points six rebounds and one assist in about 24 minutes per game. Yeah, it's you know, it's with this starting center position, I think it's going it's going to be about who plays better with with the the other four guys on on that unit especially at the beginning of the game, I think, cuz you want to get off to a good start, but I don't necessarily think that either of these guys will play significantly more minutes than the other. I mean, he only played 24 yeah. minutes per game last season. I could see, you know, that same number holding with Roy playing a similar number. So I don't know if who starts is going to be a really a big deal because you're just trying to find out, you know, they offer you two very different things in my mind because Roy Hibbert offers yeah. you uh, rim protection and ball movement. He's been very good about uh, off the pick and roll. If he gets the ball, he doesn't necessarily have to go for offense. He's looking for guys in the corner. Uh, so he gives you that. Whereas Cody Zeller is going to give you more offense in the pick and roll, and he's going to be able to switch on to certain guards and and be more flexible defensively out on the perimeter. From what I've seen, honestly, David, I kind of like Cody Zeller with the starting unit more because the starting unit has ball movement, so they don't need that from from the center position. But and they and I think they have enough defense. I don't know necessarily if they need Roy Hibbert. But I think when you look at the second unit defensively, they could stand to have some ball movement because Spencer Halls has been successful moving the ball from the center position as the backup center in place of because of Cody Zeller's injury. So Roy Hibber could replace that, but he could also help uh, with some of their interior defense and just defense overall on that second unit. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense when you look at the guys that are going to be out there in that second unit. We've mentioned them. We've rattled them off before. None of them are exactly uh, defensive player of the year candidates, you know. So if you have Hibbert back there kind of securing the block, that would help things. And if you have Hibbert and uh, Kaminsky out there at the same time on the second unit, right, then you got two seven-footers, and we saw what they were able to do on the boards the other night. So, I mean, there's still some combinations for Clifford and those guys to throw out there. And I do think there is still some time for the guys to get used to playing with Hibbert. I mean, they have played with Zeller for a couple of years now. Um, I mean, most of the starters have, even though you have guys like Batum and MKG with varying levels uh, that have been playing together, you know. But I think um, 
in so, to some degree, they've got to still be getting used to having Hibbert out there, and it is a very different look. So this may be something we see play into the first month of the season or so uh, before everyone gets comfortable with it, don't you think? Yeah, and you mentioned Batum. Batum and Cody Zeller, very successful playing on the floor at the same time last season, and they worked the pick and roll and the dribble handoff very effectively with one another. So again, all of that is going to factor in. and and But it's just important to note that to this point, there's four more preseason games left to play for the Hornets. And uh, Clifford also mentioning that he'll probably, in terms of rotations, he's probably going to treat these next two preseason games as he would regular season. And then probably the back half, those next two preseason games, you could see uh, more of the reserves uh, playing and giving the starters and and giving some of the, the big minutes guys a chance to rest before the regular season kicks off for the Hornets. It will be October 26th. So it's interesting to keep an eye on. I think, I think again, bottom line, Whoever starts, I think both of Roy Hibbert and Cody Zeller will get plenty of minutes and plenty of time on the court. Hey, David. Yeah, Doug. Over the last couple of days, a lot has been written and or said about this Charlotte Hornets team. And you know the only place you can find it? Newspaper. Cyberspace set free. Hello, virtual reality. Interactive appetite, searching for a website, a window to the world, got to get online. Take a spin, now you're in with the techno set, you're going surfing on the internet. No, it's on the internet, David. We're going surfing on oh. the internet. Try again. That's right. All right, first up right. on HTTP colon forward slash forward slash www.thescore.com, Victoria Nguyen writes in her season preview of the Charlotte Hornets, that this is the year Kimba Walker becomes an all-star. She starts the article with, quote, while the Charlotte Hornets are no longer hosting the 2017 NBA All-Star Weekend, they could very well have a represent- representative in the main event. Ugh. Oh, Victoria, why? Thanks for reminding us of that. Everyone, yeah. that's going to come up in so many articles this season, mm-hmm. especially... I mean, we're going to have to rel- <laughs> relive this it's, we're over gonna be living through this and all over. Year. All year. All yeah. right. Anyway, so she goes on to write that Kemba, quote, was central to the Hornets' ninth-ranked offense, boasting the highest usage rate on the team as a result of facilitating plays for his teammates while also creating for himself 67.8% of the shots he made were unassisted. I expect that number, David, to probably, if not stay where it is, uh, maybe increase a little bit because – I think you'll have to get yeah. more shots, but I think just the the way I've seen him in the preseason, I think he's ready uh, to create more shots for himself. David, I'm on the record as saying that pending health, he will be an all-star this season. Are you ready to take that leap with me, hand in hand, off the cliff? Let's yeah, go. I was, I was gonna, I was, yeah, I was going to say you were all in on this uh, the other night on our, on our preview show. So he was so close last year Doug and everything was just lining up just right this year with the game in Charlotte and you know uh, a a returning team from the playoffs but I'm going to say yes Doug I'm ready to take this leap with you my friend hand in hand arm in arm this is the year for Kimball Walker to make the leap and to salvage some of that all-star spirit for Charlotte I I think he does it this year he's going to have more of the spotlight more of the focus on him and if he can continue that uh, efficiency from last year with a few more opportunities, that's going to help him. But again, Doug, the one caveat, this team 
cannot lay an egg. They can't be a seller dweller. Uh, they've got to at least be competitive, if not one of the surprise teams, for him to get maybe that extra push that he needs. Well, here's what everything hinges on, David. They lost Jeremy Lin. They lost Al Jefferson. And those were two guys who, who made up a lot of the of the usage percentage behind Kimball Walker, made up a lot of the offense behind Kimball Walker. So more of it's going to have to go to Kimba. Probably more of it's sure. going to go to Nick Batum. So can that guard pairing keep up their efficiency with that extra right. offensive load? That's the question that will probably uh, answer whether or not Kimball Walker becomes an all-star. Okay, next up, ESPN genius and certified SBG, smart basketball guy, Zach Lowe, releasing his crazy predictions for the 2016-17 season. Here's his prediction for the Hornets. Charlotte drops at least four spots in points per possession. So Zach Lowe, concerned about this Hornets offense. The Hornets ranked ninth last season with 105 points per possession. These are quote-unquote crazy predictions, but he justifies the Hornets regressing to a middle-of-the-road offense by pointing out that Kimba Walker, Nick Batum, and Marvin Williams are all coming off career years, and it might be crazy to expect all of those numbers to hold. Plus, Charlotte dealing with injuries, as we've chronicled on this show, and they will be adjusting to the, to the loss of what Zach Lowe writes were offensive fail-safes in Jeremy Lin and Al Jefferson. David, how crazy do you feel like Zach Lowe's prediction really is? It feels like it would be crazy to say they would stay the same or improve almost, but I'm not questioning the God Zach Lowe. Um, I think that's what we've seen from Clifford and what we've talked about a little bit in this preseason as well, Doug, the concern over the scoring and how they're going to make that up. So, I mean, that makes sense, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because Steve Clifford definitely trying to temper expectations about this offense, saying at least initially there will be uh, less points. And he points to something that we keep pointing to, that you know, you look at the usage percentage numbers, and Jeremy Lin and Al Jefferson made up a lot of, of that when when the shooting wasn't going, Jeremy Lin was putting his head down and getting to the rim, or the ball was going to Al Jefferson on the block to unclog the offense. You know, if if ball if if a team was being aggressive uh, at the perimeter, like the Miami Heat were in that playoff series, you saw Al Jefferson getting inserted into the starting lineup. I'm sure part of that had to do with Cody Zeller's bone bruise, but I think part of it had to do with the fact that you, at least last season, were able to take away what Kimba and Nick and Jeremy could do at the perimeter and force them down inside, and that led to more uh, more offensive opportunities for Al Jefferson. And so you lose that, that fail-safe or that release valve, as we called it. And, uh, you know, now they have to – I'm not saying – I'm not saying it's a guarantee that the, the the Hornets don't respond. I'm just saying it's it's an unknown. I mean, this this team is going to have to figure out a completely, in my mind, a completely new identity on on offense. And yeah, um, yeah, and we've seen it in the preseason, right? I mean, they have. I don't think they've hit a hundred yet in the preseason. They've only they just started breaking ninety on a regular basis over the last what two games, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no, they haven't. Yeah, they haven't come struggles. out like gangbusters on offense yet. But, hey, Doug, let me ask you this. If they only fall four spots, are you okay with that? Oh, I mean, 13th? Uh, you know, you you hear Clifford talk about it all the time that to be a really good team, you have to have balance. And, and you know, I think the goal is to be top 10 in offense and defense. I think right. defensively they'll be fine. 
I think that offensively, I think 13th is is still low. I think you have to get into that top 10 in offense if you want to be a viable team in the playoffs. So yeah, I think that 13th would be a disappointment. And I think there's still enough shooting on this team if they can figure out uh, some some strategies. And I have one that I'm going to talk about. But first, I want to I want to actually I want to mention one of one other Zach Lowe crazy predictions. It was that Orlando would trade Nikola Vucevic, the low post scoring center who has a great mid range game, can get up and down pretty well, good rebounder, good passer, high IQ. He's got three years left on his contract, but Orlando could look to move him after after acquiring Bismack Biombo and Serge Ibaka. I'm not saying I'm not saying it could be good for the Hornets, but it it could be. I mean, if if the offense stalls, I think they're going to have to look for options uh, for scoring, mm-hmm. and and I think mm-hmm. Nikola Vucevic could be one of those. You know, all the rumors about Greg Monroe seem to be petering out, and it, it seems like yeah. they're their interest in him has waned. So, you know, if you look at, at guys across the league who are available, I think Nikola Vucevic could fit right in with what the Hornets want to do offensively or what Steve Clifford has, has traditionally wanted to do offensively. Yeah, it seems like his name has been out there for a little while, too, um, when you're talking about trade things. So it'd be interesting. I don't know what chips they might use or whose name might go into the rumor mill it's always cody zeller it seems like so i'm sure he'd be involved in some well that's an important fashion. point i mean they have to get you know you i don't think you could retain cody zeller roy hibbert and nikola vucevic then you're just in the same situation that orlando is trying to get out of so right yeah but we'll, we'll keep an eye on that all right speaking of the hornets offense it was the focus of our season preview that we did for the locked on nba podcast our portion of along with several other Eastern Conference teams, was featured in Part 1 on Wednesday. You can check that out on iTunes on the Locked On NBA podcast. Briefly, we expressed concerns about about the second unit, outside scoring and defense, health on the first unit, and both you and I, I think, ramped down some early expectations for this team. We still, I think both of us still feel like this is a playoff team, but and, and a lot of these predictions... You know, we're, we're doing them early, and I think all of my predictions, I'll speak for myself, reflect my feelings at the time. You know, at this moment in time, this is how I feel. That's likely to change many times this season. But right now, I feel like yeah. this is a 42-43 win team and a, you know, fifth through eighth playoff spot. Um, but anyway, so uh, Locked On NBA host David Locke, uh, is, he's also our boss here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm not sure, David, that he was buying what we were selling. Well, I'm a bit more optimistic about the Hornets than their own show is, which is good. Tells you that Doug and David are doing a nice job on Locked on Hornets. Uh, I think that back that second unit that they're worried about comes together. I also don't necessarily think that the loss of Al Jefferson is that big a deal. He's an inefficient safety valve that they talked about early in that section. Uh, I think he's actually a guy that is, you know, I think he's, they, they traded one dinosaur for another, Al Jefferson for Roy Hibbert, but at least Roy Hibbert's a, a defensive dinosaur, uh, in this league. I think, I have the Hornets as the third best offensive team in the Eastern Conference. Losing Jefferson does not hurt them at all. The talk that they had about the high pick and roll with Kemba Walker working his way into the lane with more efficiency. This is a team Steve Clifford traditionally has had them as a top 10 defensive team. They were ninth best offensive team in the league last year, which was a little bit surprising, uh, that they were 
were able to do that, but they got a bunch of three-point shooting. They should have actually more three-point shooting. Sessions will be able to penetrate. I think Bellinelli bounces back from what was a strange bad year last year in Sacramento, which makes that bench even a little bit better. I'm not convinced on Kaminsky. That would probably be one of my concerns. But when you look at Charlotte and where they are, I, as I said, they come out as the third best offensive team uh, that I have in the conference right now. Uh, and so that'll be curious to me of whether or not that they, they match up. I have Atlanta two, Cleveland at one, Charlotte as the third best, and Toronto as the fourth best. And Charlotte's actually considerably ahead of them. I suspect that Charlotte battles Atlanta and Boston uh, for f- for three, four, five. Uh, I think Toronto holds up two. Boston clicks in. Everything's right. And they, and they certainly worked their way up to two. So maybe they're battling Atlanta for four or five, a step ahead of what Doug and David said. All right, co-host David, what do you wow. think about what our boss, David Locke, on the Locked On NBA podcast had to say about our analysis? Man, I can't tell if we're being super pessimistic, Doug, <laughs> if that's just our nature. Uh, if we're just, if we're just, if we have just been conditioned, hey, got to hear both to sides. We're just not, trying to be fair over here. I mean, that's good to hear. I just, uh, I think some of our concerns are valid, and we saw it work out so well last year. Like we've seen so many years where there have been questions, and rarely have they worked out. Actually, I'd say the best. They've never worked out as well as they did last year. And so, um, you know, while they certainly could happen, and the players are getting better. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, he's obviously more optimistic than we are, but hey, maybe that's a, maybe that's a very good thing. Well, listen, David Locke has covered the NBA for a long time and and he's, yeah, he has his own set of statistics. I mean, he's a very big analytics guy. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dare question, uh, uh, that, but I will say this, I, I do, I have to take a little bit of an issue, a respectful issue with, uh, the, 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 insinuation that Al Jefferson, uh, what, the loss of Al Jefferson is not going to be felt at all. I, I think if you look back, you know, he played 47 games last season, season, David, only 18 of those starts, but he averaged 23.3 minutes per game, similar to what Cody Zeller averaged as a starter of 60 games. His usage percentage was 24.5%. That was second only to Kimball Walker. He represented 28.5% of field goals made while he was on the court, again, second to Kimball Walker. In the playoffs, playoffs, five starts in seven games, his usage percentage went up to 28.3%, second, again, to Kimball Walker among qualifying players. 37.8% of field goals made while he was on the court. Uh, so that was the highest on the team. So, And, and yeah. in terms of his efficiency, it actually went up from the previous season, 2014-15, because they reduced his role somewhat, moving him to the bench. And I think that's maybe the most important point, was moving him to the bench last season represented, this is a matchup league, right? We hear that all the time. It's a matchup league. You're trying to find mismatches. Well, Al Jefferson many times off the bench provided the Hornets with a mismatch that they could expose, and it forced... You know, teams like Miami to completely adjust their rotation or, or try to adjust what they do on a regular night basis because you had an offensive force who was nine times out of ten going to be better than the second unit defender on the other team. Okay, yeah. now you look at this season, you don't have that. I mean, you, you're not going to have that kind of difference-making force 
off the bench. Yeah, and I think David uh, Locke echoed some of the thoughts from a lot of Hornets fans, to be honest, Doug. I mean, a lot of people were ready to move on from the Al Jefferson era the first time he went out for an extended period of time, and the Hornets played well, and were fine with him leaving. And I totally understand that. You know, I mean, he, his peak here was somewhat of a, of a magical run, a magical year, given where the Bobcats were coming from and the presence that he just he the, the presence that he was in the big signing and the year that he had and you know it trickled off a little bit and and David Locke called he and uh, Roy Hibbert both dinosaurs and in this NBA they are but I agree with you that he was such an extra he was a safety valve and that's what he was for Kimball Walker and the other guys out there and especially in the playoffs when he was out there and effective and they could throw it down into him and the game slowed down a little bit. I mean, I think that's where we saw him be most effective and, and, and a big part of the offense still. So I, we were kind of hoping that he would uh, transition into that bench role for them again this year. I'll be really interested to see how it works out for him in Indiana. That's a, a different team and with a, with a lot of talent and, and an actual superstar. And he is going to be coming off the bench there, so it'll be interesting. But yeah, I think especially initially, that loss is going to be felt. Maybe they'll figure out a way to to replace some of that. You know, one guy, David, who I feel like could possibly make up for the loss of Al Jefferson. This is going to sound very strange. It's it's not Marco Bellinelli's shooting. I think in terms of that efficient uh, go-to score that you need in the middle of a game. I think it actually comes from a guy that is playing really well so far in the preseason, or in the preseason, or at least he has 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 played well over the past couple of games, and that's Ramon Sessions. And when you look at the efficiency numbers from last season, okay, Ramon played eighty two played all eighty two games last season, only started five of them near the end of the season when uh, John Wall went out, but his two point percentage was over fifty percent. His effective field goal percentage was over 50% because he, he put his head down, he got to the rim for high-efficiency uh, uh, high shots, but he also got to the line a lot. Now, he doesn't shoot. Uh, he, if he shot, that, that number would probably go through the roof if he shot well from the line, uh, but he, he struggles at the line a little bit. But I think Ramon Sessions could be a player to watch this season develop into a Jeremy Lin type of role where you go, okay, we're going to give it to Ramon, get to the rim, put your head down, and, and get us a bucket when we need it. He did it in that game against Minnesota for sure. Had a great game. Yeah, and I guess that's where some of my hesitation comes from is the Sessions factor and also now Bellinelli. I mean, with his slow start, I do think, I agree with David, and I've said this, that he will bounce back from that Sacramento year. I mean, I just don't see any other way around it bouncing back from that. I'm just concerned that Sessions uh, and his efficiency is not going to be quite where Lynn's effectiveness was. So that's some of my hesitation, I guess. We do, we need to just make a season long um, effort to just, you know, get David a little more, <laughs> a little more on the Frank Kaminsky bandwagon or something. He's very off of, he, I, I, he set the bandwagon <laughs> on fire and kicked it off a cliff. No, I get I'm it. Kidding. I mean, I, I, I get it. I mean, we see some of, some of the hesitation there, uh, but we, <laughs> We also certainly see the need for him to play well for the Hornets to succeed. So maybe he can prove David and some other folks wrong this year. All right. Well, we we will we'll, we'll work on it. We'll work on it for sure. Thanks yeah. for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, give us a five star review. Help hardcore Hornets fans just like yourself find this podcast and shoot us your Hornets questions, your thoughts. 
to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again tomorrow to wrap this week up. We'll have Adi Joseph in to uh, give us a re- – well, we're doing a new segment with Adi. It's called Around the Association with Adi Joseph. He'll give us a, a, a recap of what's been going on around the NBA so far, and he'll do that all season for us. So we're, we're really lucky to have Adi Joseph from Sporting News doing that. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. So what if I like to stay up late and watch TV? Don't blame it on caffeine and then go to Coke and Pepsi. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.